Hello, everyone. Welcome to our episode on the finale of Star Trek Lower Decks, as well as just another day in the office for Star Trek Filmation. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. We are here, part of Uncanny Treks, doing season four of Star Trek Lower Decks versus season one of Filmation Star Trek. Tonight, we are talking about Old Friends, New Planets, the Lower Decks season four finale, originally aired on the 2nd of November of this year, and we are putting it up against episode 10 of Filmation Star Trek, Mud's Passion, originally aired 50 years prior on the 10th of November, 1973. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Doing pretty well, Bob. I just gotta say, Lower Decks, I, I enjoyed this episode, okay? Yeah, yeah. But I'm still feeling like it's starting to go a little downhill. And We'll, t- we'll talk about that too because we're for our listeners we'll do a uh, we'll do a special season four recap episode as well so we'll we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit more comparative perspective as we say but Matt do you want to walk us through the plot of uh, old friends new planets which may or may not be going downhill even as we enjoy it uh, sure uh, and Bob you did put a, a fantastic summary here but I did add a separate summary of my own. That I, I felt All was more right. fitting. So, Which, do you do you want to read yours or do you want to read mine? I'll tell you what. I'll, I can read both, Bob. The Mariners' traumatic past, Tindy's Orion past, Rutherford's rivalry with Livick, Freeman's hate of the Mark Twain holodeck program, and missing ships plot lines of all season four comes to fruition. Yes, yes. And then in Matt's summary, Tom Paris as Tulpa fails at creating the Maquis two Bam. So, uh, Matt, at the beginning when we had the recap uh, segment, did you get nostalgic with that line and now the conclusion? I did, but I would have been more nostalgic for the female voiceover. That's the one I remember the most. And I think, is it uh, is, is it a Chapel doing the voiceover? Yeah, yeah. Why, okay. and why is it Chapel? I don't know. Why? What else? Because she's the voice? voice of the computer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Majel Barrett. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to give you crap for uh, just calling it the female voiceover. In the notes, <laughs> I knew who it was. I just, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah I, I'm so nostalgic for that. Like, I even heard that when the thing was saying it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's how great. That's how iconic her voice is. Yeah, especially after uh, you know, with Next Gen, you only got it a couple times for season, but with DS9, it felt like you got it <laughs> many times. Yeah. and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Riker. In TNG. Oh, I thought she did it in uh, TNG too, but now you're making me doubt myself. Yeah, I heard the male voice I have heard before. I just did. I've heard the fee, I've heard Majel Barrett's way more. Interesting. And I probably could. I could have done my for, research and gone and looked it up, but I'm pretty sure she it was definitely like did her. it for DS9 and Voyager, right? Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, I know she did yeah. in DS9. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So speaking of nostalgia, Matt, I, I have to say, if you're going to bring West Crusher back. Bringing him back as a nerd in a flashback is vastly superior to him coming back as a, you know, Doctor Who, but even more godlike. Well, I agree. And I didn't recognize the other members of Nova, whatever, that Nova squad. I know there's yeah. five of them. And it did the animation for Wesley, he didn't really look himself. <laughs> Which is fine. He doesn't, he doesn't look like himself. <laughs> I mean, he's relatively bland anyway, but it's just like, I would have been able to pull, pick him out if they would have told me it was Wesley. But you also yeah. had... Uh, no, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You also had Cedo there, I believe. Yeah. And uh, right. And how do you say your name? Yeah. Yeah. Cedo Jaxa. I think. Cedo Jaxa. And then you had the Tom Paris Tulpa, Nick Lacarno. Yes. yes. And then there's Which two other ones. Which is ironic because the you know he's the original. The Tulpa is the original, not vice yeah. versa. But I, I I take your point. <laughs> so are you saying? Yeah. What if Tom Paris is actually the Tulpa? <laughs> 
yeah 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 actually paris is a is the good locarno tulpa and the the damn this is like twin what if locarno and okay let's, let's we need to oh, do this epic we... thing where locarno and tom paris have this tulpa issue but because tom paris got sent to the other side of the universe in the delta mm-hmm. quadrant locarno was never actually able to get severed. back into the red room and do what he needs to yeah, do yeah, the connection got severed oh um, I, we could also start in the tradition of Twin Peaks where uh, people were referring to the evil Cooper Tulpa as Dirty Coop. Uh, we could refer to uh, Locarno as Dirty Paris. That would be fun. Well, we could, but then is Tom Paris the actual Dirty Coop? Or is he yeah, more of the Dougie? He's more of the Dougie, clearly. I mean, you know, that's you know, he has the same plot line with uh, Bellana Torres that Dirty Coop has, or sorry, uh, that Dougie has with Naomi Watts. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And Lacaro also has this thing for uh, you know when he kidnaps uh, Mariner, maybe that's a part of it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't we didn't see it, but he actually melts into the deck before the bomb goes off, just like Dirty Coop. <laughs> Garmin Bosia, guys. If you haven't watched Twin Peaks, you don't understand any of these references. Just go watch Twin Peaks. Yeah, please. yeah. It's I mean, much as I love uh, Star Trek, uh, Twin Peaks is better. Yeah, I would live in the well. Okay, if you had to choose, Bob, would you rather live in would you rather live in a world like Twin Peaks, or would you rather live in a world like Star Trek? I would rather go with the the theory that uh, because there's so many crossovers in air in character actors uh, between Next Gen and Twin Peaks, and because of that one original series episode where Scotty is possessed by Bob, I I would rather just go with the theory that uh, they're in the same universe. Oh, okay, I like that. That's that's actually also. Pretty- Apparently, there's some comic that uh, X Files like prequel comic out this week that like clickbait websites for claiming prove that Twin Peaks and X Files are in the same universe. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got David Duchovny's character though. Yeah, yeah, but there can be mo- there can be multiple David Duchovny's just as there are multiple Kyle McLaughlin's. Yeah, like a David Duchovny Tulpa. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Denise is the original, and uh, Fox is the Tulpa. There you go. Well, we need to write this shit, Bob. We could make some money. <laughs> so uh, back to uh, the original uh, Locarno, apparently. Um, not the Tulpa, but the original. He hates uh, wood panels and carpets, Matt. And for Mariner, this is a big red flag. Do you do you agree with that uh, assessment? Yeah, Bob. What that means is that you hate the 70s for most people. For, yeah. for people who live in who lived in our state, Georgia. Yes. Yes. You were living, it was the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And if you live in Alabama. Even into the early 90s. <clears throat> oh, yes. And if you lived in Alabama, it's the early aughts. Yeah. Alabama and I'm, I'm not a... kidding, folks. I know that sounds like, you know, one of those, like, you're from Alabama. No, it's not one of those things. It's That's how it really is. Time, and I've had to, I've had to accept now. that, that I live behind the times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob over in Seattle probably is, I mean, even though he's using a flip phone, he's probably like light years ahead over there socially. Maybe, <laughs> maybe time, time moves differently in Alabama, but both you and I were born in that state. So, you know, we can't, we, we're affected by this gradual movement of time. Yeah. It's just, I read things about other places and I always imagine it's almost like, uh, the wizard of Oz. Like I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one nickname of Seattle is the Emerald city. There you go. See, and over here, we're just like, we're in Kansas still doing the same shit we've always done. Yep, in black and white, no less. Uh, so, Matt, does this episode, because we've already debated, like, Locarno versus Dirty Locarno, Locarno versus his Tulpa, but seriously, though, does this episode make him too vile to be an interesting antagonist? Or, given that it's just, like, a half-hour comedy show, does, like, the fact that he's not that deep a character really matter? And uh, maybe all this is just coming from, an, you know, you may listen to this listener and think, oh, 
Bob's uh, Bob's gone anti-woke. Bob's complaining that there's an unsympathetic male villain. No, no, really, I'm just more annoyed that I feel like this episode implicitly demonizes the non-aligned movement during the first Cold War. You know, I, that's what really what I'm annoyed at. But anyway, what do, what do you think, Matt? Uh, is Locarno too vile to be an interesting antagonist? He's extremely one-dimensional, in my opinion. Hmm. But I don't think it matters for the purpose of the story they're trying to tell, like you said, in the 30-minute time limit. <laughs> it's yeah, Really, yeah. this was an hour, because it was a two-parter. But Yeah, but he's like hardly in the first uh, first half. That's hour, true, right? yeah. I mean, you, you kind of just... I almost feel like this is just a way to get... Uh, who, who plays Tom Paris? His name is this guy. Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah, I think it was just a way to get him on the show. <laughs> they found yeah. a way. And I think... I, I don't know if this is true, but I think it is, is like he kind of like Jonathan Frakes mostly just transitioned into directing. Uh, and so I think he's like still around on the production side. Okay. So he was, he might, he might be like an easier get than someone from uh, one of the nineties shows who's fallen more off, you know? But I think, I, I think a non-aligned, you know, that would, would be a federation. What do you call it? A movement? A non-aligned movement would be fantastic in Star Trek. I mean, you, why do they all have to fit yeah. with the federation? I guess the issue is that he did, like, you know, destroy a bunch of ships and well, kidnap Mariner. He captured them. <laughs> oh, he, kept, well, he captured them, yes. Yeah. He, eli- yeah. He, he, what do you call it? Elicited mutiny or whatever it's called? or, or uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also just, it, it does feel like the writers are maybe unconsciously looking at the rise of things like Bricks Plus and being like, oh, that's not good. I yeah. claim to be a liberal, but I'm an American exceptionalist. <laughs> and so that that's kind of what I'm negatively responding yep. to. Speaking of uh, Locarno's constituency, when he's uh, giving his you know great evil villain political speech, uh, we have a montage, and I believe on this we saw Andorians, we saw Mariner's girlfriend's archaeology crew, we maybe saw some Bajorans, I wasn't too sure, and then we saw some Tamarians. Was it, did that seem right to you? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised to see the archaeology crew, because I was like, oh yeah, that was from, uh, was it last season? Uh, was it last season, or was it two seasons? I no, think it was last. No, they all run I, together, yeah. They do run together. So Matt, is it a little sad that Captain Freeman hasn't disobeyed an admiral's orders till season four? I can kind of see it, because usually Captain Freeman's less of a risk taker than her daughter, to some degree. That's true. That's true. And she's also, I mean, much as we love the Cerritos, it's uh, it's not the flagship of the fleet. It's not the leader of the Federation war effort. And so it uh, doesn't maybe have the room and flexibility to disobey the Badmirals as much as the Cisco or the Picard. Right. Let's say Freeman is not Picard. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, this is, this is bad, but like, you remember Space Quest, Bob? Space Quest 5. I do remember Space Quest. Created by Sierra. You know. Yeah, yeah. Great point-and-click adventure game from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, you had their ship, which I, was like their garbage ship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Cerritos isn't at that level, but the Cerritos is more like in the middle between like, you know, <laughs> your flagship, the Enterprise, and the garbage scow. Was the yeah. was the Enterprise in the Space Quest series called the Goliath? Do I that is correct, that? yes. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of ships, Matt, Mariner pulls her getaway in a, sh- in a Starfleet ship. Did you recognize what class it was? It was a steamrunner. I do remember that ship. I was like, yeah. oh, I haven't seen that forever. Yeah, it's one of those that debuted in First Contact along with the Akira class and the Saber class and maybe one other class that I can't remember. But it's yeah, and all of these ships were part of uh, that Star Trek game. 
the uh, yeah. Fleet Command, I think it was, or no, it's not Fleet yeah, Command. Yeah, I think it was called Fleet Command. That's something. Right. Yeah, anyway, back in the 90s, it was this awesome game that had, and those were like the ships that did all the work and stuff. <laughs> if I remember right, uh, I, I only got to play it at your place because I bought it, but my computer was too slow to run it, if I remember right. Yeah, Bob had like a whole shelf of computer games he couldn't play. <laughs> Tragedy. Tragedy. And there was no, and there was no place to really resell them either. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that was the other issue. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Matt, we have, uh, you know, the the Cerritos is not enough to get through Locarno's shield around his non-aligned fleet. So uh, they're going to try and get a ship that can do it from the Orion pirates. Uh, Tendi has to agree to a barter by combat uh, with her sister. So they both choose proxies to fight to see who gets what ship. And uh, we see uh, Tendi's kind of got her draft pick of people she could send in. And her draft picks are... Ransom, Shax, Kayshawn, or Migliamu. If you were presented with that choice, Matt, which uh, which officer are you going with for the barter by combat? Okay, I, I'm pretty sure I would go with uh, Shax. Because just because he's big, he knows some Bajoran martial arts. You know, We've seen him in the hollow deck practicing that shit. Ransom would be my number two. See, I'm, I'm leaning Kayshawn because he's looking mighty evil as he's sitting there sharpening that dagger. Uh, it's, it's a side of Kayshawn we really haven't seen before, which I like. There, there's an evil to that man. I appreciate it. On the other hand, could he actually just use a weapon in the barter by combat? I'm not so sure. So if he doesn't get his dagger, maybe he's already at his disadvantage. Clearly, any of these could have worked better than Migliamu, who did lose. Yeah, he, he did not do well. So, uh, Matt... Because of this deal, uh, Tendi is going to have to rejoin uh, the Orion Pirates. Given the past history of Lower Decks uh, finales, did you assume that she would be out of this deal by the end of the episode? I mean, they know how to set up for a fun season, but uh, like all things Star Trek, the season finale is just going to like... The season finale sets up these cool things, but then when we get that season premiere, we're going to mm-hmm. see it return to the status quo. Like, do you remember yeah. when we thought Mariner was going to like go Indiana Jones with her girlfriend and go find yeah. artifacts? Yeah, at least and shit? like half a season or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, nothing. It was like a, it was like a, one episode, <laughs> and then she was back to what we were. And that happens for all Star Trek, though. Generate Next yeah, Generation, yeah. Deep Space Nine. I haven't watched enough Voyager to tell you that, but I, the other yeah, two I do know. Isn't the isn't the the status quo change? Granted, we haven't covered it yet, but isn't the status quo change at the end of season one that Boimler joins the Titan? Yes. So, yeah, he's he's on the Titan for like the first episode of season two. And there's another yeah. season where it ends with Captain Freeman going on trial. And yeah, although in fairness, that one you know that that one is one you like. Yeah, it's it's only gonna last. You're right. Episode, right. Yeah. But yeah, they could have done a lot more with Mariner as a, a lesbian archaeologist or Boimler serving under Riker. Um, yeah, I do hope maybe the show is learning some lessons in. Tindy will spend a few episodes being a space pirate. That could be fun. But on the other hand, yeah, no, I, that, that would be the expectation is that she'll be back on the crew by the end of the season five premiere. I, I honestly, the way they did it early enough in this episode, I, I was sort of expecting, because like most of those other changes happened at the end of the finales, right? Right. I was expecting they would reverse it by the end of the finale, not just by the, season, oh. the next season premiere. But that yeah. actually didn't happen. Spoilers. Well, I was thinking maybe the voice actress for Tindy just didn't want to do it anymore, and that they were replacing her with Talyn. But interesting. Th- but interesting. then they ended the episode focusing on Tindy, so I'm thinking, okay, yeah. she's not gone; she'll be back. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting thought. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, because Talyn specifically, like at, at the end of the episode, doesn't answer the call from her uh, former captain. 
Yeah, yeah. No, which was a nice moment. I didn't put that in the notes, but it was a nice moment. And it also might explain, because there was the weird thing where they teased Talyn joining the crew at the end of season two, but she didn't until the start of season four. Right. And so, yeah, that would maybe explain the gap. It's like, oh, okay. If I, I don't think the voice actress playing Tindy is actually leaving, but if she... If she were, that would explain the gap. That's interesting. I don't think she's leaving though. I just that was yeah, just yeah, a yeah, thought yeah. that popped up there. <laughs> no, I, I, I it, it makes sense. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Uh, I would say one of my favorite lines this episode was Mariner berating the Romulan mutineers and being like, "You need a human for your scheming. You can't do it on your own." Yeah, Romulans are great schemers. Why the hell do they need a human? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am hoping that they do a little more stuff with a uh, like like independent Romulan episodes or gags in lower deck season five that could be fun and then we do we are <coughs> what i would say is one of the most hateful things in uh, the english language and that is the phrase acting captain bradward boimler <laughs> trust me bob he'll get his own show one day it'll be called star trek upper decks <laughs> you know I, as much as i hate that idea it would probably be better than picard or prodigy or disco i can just imagine star trek upper decks just gonna be awesome <laughs> of course would boimler be the captain or is freeman gonna make it there well you could i don't know there's also uh, there's the show that was the anticipated downton abbey on the bbc it was called upstairs downstairs and so you could do the star trek version of that upper decks comma lower decks oh yeah you could. So, Matt, did you notice the guitar hero graphics as the Cerritos approached the shield that Locarno had put up? Yeah, like my fingers started twitching. They wanted to like <laughs> that is like the I'm telling you that game for that year or two that it was a big thing. Man, yeah, I yeah. played the hell out of that game. I could still <laughs> probably just go to town on it. I don't know where to buy yeah, them though. Everybody's got these like fucking plastic guitars hanging around their houses somewhere. Nobody's yeah. using anything. <laughs> And if they're if they're really losers, they have the drum set or the mic from the from the guitar hip hop or the hip hop. Yeah, Bob, if they still have called. those in their closet, yeah, then then they're a problem. Not if they actually yeah. owned it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not like they actually owned a rock band, but you know, they but they did sell it eventually. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> as much as we said uh Locarno, kind of a one note villain, you gotta give it up, man. His final words being paywall on a bomb. <laughs> That's those are great final words. And you know the Ferengi would totally do that. Yep, yep. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so, Matt, I, I do have to chide you, even though I, you know, even though it's because of your enthusiasm, we're covering Filmation Star Trek, and uh, you know, I'm very glad we're doing so. I'm just gonna say, if you had already seen Filmation Star Trek season two, you would have recognized the Orion ship. Oh man, sucks! <laughs> I didn't recognize it immediately. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't get. An, you could have had another nerdgasm, Matt. The di well, no, Bob. The difference is now when we cover that episode in season two, I'll say I recognize that shit from the lower decks season four finale. Yeah, then yeah, I can have my nerdgasm. I don't know if y'all have a nerdgasm. <laughs> so my my final point about the uh, the episode before we go into our character of the week. Uh, Another great Rutherford line, or not another great Rutherford line, but a great Rutherford line uh, as he wistfully watches as Tendi leaves on the Orion ship. Do you think they'll give her time for sciencing? Oh, she just wants to do sciencing, but now she's a slave. Well, she's not a slave exactly. But what she are they going to do? To what are they going to make her do, Bob? You know, her sister's going to make her do like the, the shit work. No, no, she no because it's because of her reputation. They're going to make her be like a, a pirate leader, like a war party. Oh, leader. how did I miss that? I was on the impression like, the Orion lady was like, uh, I'm going to like, yeah, okay. No, no, because Tendi's the mistress of the Winter Constellation, right? So she's she's a big get. And the, yeah, they're not going to use her for drudgery. They're going to like use her as like a figurehead. All right, Bob, here we go. This episode, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go ahead and call it. 
Tindy's going to get used for drudgery. No, no. And you're going to be pissed. Hard, hard, hard disagree. <laughs> hard disagree. We're going to see, we're going to see Tindy doing the whole Cinderella thing. I'll bet you, uh, I'll bet you five bucks. That's not the case uh, in season five. If we remember that we made this bet. I bet you Tindy starts doing drudgery and Q shows up to do the Cinderella thing. Like the, the, okay. I'll bet you 20 bucks. That doesn't happen. <laughs> and then Cisco shows up <laughs> to fight Q and he punches Q in the face again. So it's going to be great. So, Matt, before you lose any more money, who is uh, your character of the week on lower decks? My character of the re- week was actually Dr. Migliamu for fluffing his down. I thought yeah. he was going to be bigger, but he wasn't. <laughs> it was, was cute. Just... It was cute. You got to give it to that. Yeah. And it was initially effective. It didn't work long-term, but it was initially effective. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, I would initially say Mark Twain, but I knew if I said Mark Twain, Matt would be like, Bob, Mark Twain doesn't appear in the episode, just other characters impersonating Mark Twain. <laughs> so I would then have to be like, okay, I'll give it to Talyn for <coughs> it being her idea to use the Mark Twain program again. Yeah. Uh, and I'm liking Talyn. I think she's a great addition to the cast. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I think they need yeah. to keep her on there all the time. Well, and we really, I really want them to do like my uh, my fan theory that like Talyn and Boimler start dating until she breaks up with him because she realizes he just wants a Spock. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's almost as good as uh, my boy Alan and my fan theory that Awarshika and Detmer and Discovery actually uh, like they like purposely confusing everyone on the ship was whether are they best friends or are they dating like the you know they're just actively trying to confuse people all the time that's those are my two uh, fan theories that i deeply cherish all right bob so before we go into the animated series episode i do want to i want to throw one since you're mentioning theories i want to throw one theory out there to you about babylon yeah. 5 i haven't watched the entirety of babylon 5 you know this you have not is there any way that they can link the shadows with the venom symbiote from marvel Nothing obviously as a connection presents itself, but I don't think there's anything that would obviously exclude it either. Yes. Okay. What if the shadows are actually whatever that damn creature is that is, uh, well, you know. And especially given that we know that, like, the, the, I think, aren't the symbiotes called the, the clit? Some oh, weird ass name, so, yeah. I don't yeah, know. They have a weird wrong alien to name. Say on radio. Yeah. Uh, spelled by, I think, like K apostrophe L I T. But <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that, that is actually correct. Yes, it is. That is what they're called. Man. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. You know, it. comics are not an audio medium, but that one got through. Yeah, and they never mention this, like, in any of the, uh, like, animated series yeah, or yeah. the show because it's not a name that anybody. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in fairness, I think I think they came up with the name like in the aughts, or at least in the uh, late 90s. I think it was like after the video game cartoon bonanza. Yeah, I, I don't even... I've played probably every Marvel video game, and I don't think they've ever referred to Venom as yeah. the actual alien creature. It's just always been the symbiote. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect that to show up in Venom 3 or Venom yeah. vs. Carnage 2. Uh, but... Well, so, yeah, on the one hand, they could be manifestations of the shadows, but also, you know, we know from Babylon 5, right, that the shadows have a lot of thralls. They have a lot of species that work for them or serve right. them. And so, yeah, nothing's stopping them. I'm just going to call them the symbiotes. Nothing's stopping the symbiotes from serving them. Nice. Look All right, written. Matt. Spider-Man 2099 <laughs> teams up with Captain Sheridan. Oh, man. Um, are you ready to uh, tell our listeners what the plot of Filmation uh, Star Trek Season 1, Episode 10, Mud's Passion was? Sure, Bob. So the third Harry Mud episode is problematic, but it would be hysterical to remake with Ran Wilson and Strange New World's Chapel and Spock. Indeed, indeed. 
uh, we do have an amusing reveal early on that uh, the woman Mud is presenting as his woman to the uh, to the the rubes to the miners uh, actually is a Rigelian hypnoid, which is a uh, a giant lizard that can hypnotize you, which I thought was pretty funny. Okay, Bob, this is a deep, deep cut here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the woman that the, the Rigelian hypnoid, uh-huh. she has the exact same design as the women in this anti-Mormon propaganda cartoon that came out in the seventies. <laughs> was this produced by like by like Southern Baptist or was it? I don't know. By... It's just it's a filmation thing. <clears throat> if you look it up on YouTube, it's like uh-huh. the true history of Mormonism, and it's a car. It looks the animation style is very similar to the Star Trek thing, and it, it came out probably around the same time. Would it would it be fair to call this anti Mormon uh, filmation uh, cartoon like the source text for South Park? Probably for that particular uh, yeah. Broadway play just, or whatever they put on. It's just funny that there's such a long history of like anti Mormonism and, an, and animation. Well, I'm just, I mean, the Mormons were pretty racist. Like <laughs> they kind of oh, yeah, they still yeah. are really. I mean, but it's just well, like. Up until well, up would, until about the '80s, they didn't even allow black people in there. Uh, t- yeah, they yeah. allowed black people to attend their church, but they couldn't actually start, hold the priesthood. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the Mormons are super racist. But yeah. usually, when people are hysterically anti-Mormon, it's not because they're racist. It's because they it's because they knock on our doors and like try to convert us. <laughs> Nobody likes to be converted, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's not a not an it's, effective and it's not strategy. just Mormons. <laughs> it's not an effective strategy. Uh, I will say that it's really sad that the bear aliens on this uh, mining planet, the Ursinoids, uh, as far as I can recall, haven't shown up in Lower Decks. That's a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, they those they look like those uh, like bear creatures from the Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah, yeah. And then another bit of this episode I just absolutely loved is once uh, Mud's uh, love potion, which he didn't expect to actually work, starts taking effect. Um, Spock is on the bridge declaring his love for Nurse Chapel. And, you know, uh, the filmation style has its virtues, but I would say uh, expressiveness is not, of the of, uh, facial features of characters is not one of its virtues. And so just the flat animated faces <laughs> of the bridge crew reacting to Spock's declaration of love for Chapel. Pretty funny. Pretty. Yeah, funny. they're like, we'll do three seconds of Uhura not moving. We'll do three seconds of Sulu not moving. <laughs> Stare yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's the so, thing, Bob. What do you like better, though? Do you like that reaction? Or do you like these things that Lower Decks is... Lower Decks has introduced this where they literally have the characters cuss. We even had Lacarno cuss in this episode, but it just does the, the beep thing. That's their I reaction. Like the I like the beeping okay. And I mean, although I will say there is something about like the kind of comedic like overreaction of the Lower Deck characters and the tendency to scream that can be a little tiresome. I I, 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 I don't have much time for Lower Decks haters, but I will say that they maybe have a point about that. That I've wondered. That's that's a good point. And I just think that wouldn't it have been funny if like one of the crew members was like, "What the fuck on this cartoon?" <laughs> and then yeah. just beeped it out. <laughs> I've never, I've never watched like the Adult Lab, C Lab, twenty twenty or whatever. But that seems like a very kind of, in my impression of what that show is, that seems like a very kind of C Lab twenty twenty joke. Yeah, Adult Swim totally has a uh, influence. I mean, uh, Lower Decks is just a, a Lower Decks could go on Adult Swim if it wanted to, and yeah. it probably will at some point. <laughs> I thought it was more of, uh, from what I'd heard, I don't watch any of this, but from what I'd heard, it was more of a Rick and Morty knockoff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It really, yeah, that too. There's so many, like, most of the Adult Swim stuff is, like, has that same appeal. It's almost like you're, it's for people who stay up really late and do drugs or something like that. Like, I don't know, like that's, I think that's the all-target audience. 
Matt, so, I'm I'm old I'm old enough that uh, even when I'm doing drugs, I'm not staying up really late. Well, yeah, I go to bed at eight thirty, Bob. So I've I've missed like <laughs> damn son, really. I know it's awful. I cannot like at eight thirty. I'm about to fall over. I'm like I have to go to bed. I can't handle it. Okay, I, that makes me. I usually more go to bed about ten thirty or eleven. So that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. It's like I got an older life starting to kick my ass a little bit, Bob. It's getting hard. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I've got yeah, Star you, Trek. You do put in a lot. You put in more hours in a in, in a work site than I do. I, I I work a lot, but I, it's not all in a work site. So Bob's like sometimes I just go watch movies during the middle of the day. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, other other times I have to get up at like 4 a.m. to finish my grading, but you know, I forget that. Like, yeah, there. But I I also have enough flexibility that yeah, I can go see a movie in the middle of the day usually if I want to. All right, Bob. Uh, did you uh, call from falling for Scotty? Thanks to the love potion. I did, Bob. But the lack of purring threw me off. She didn't purr after every time she spoke. Is that yeah, I know. is that how you know real, she's in love? Like yeah, it was just. <laughs> It's just a real failure uh, to ke- failure of continuity, perhaps. <laughs> like this seems like the perfect time for her to purr, but it well, doesn't happen. I mean, in actual cats, right? Purring is something they do to manipulate us, right? Oh, isn't so, that right? I think that is correct. Or no, that's but... meowing. That's meowing. oh, Never okay. I thought purring meant they were happy. I don't know. That's all I always thought. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. My my theory doesn't work. Uh, as I as I pet my cat, who stares at me judgmentally. Yeah, your theory for this for this nineteen seventies cartoon about why the cat's not purring after the thing. All it was is they first forgot to tell her to do it. My my cat's not purring. In fact, she just sni- she just bit my thumb. Like they just forgot Imres was supposed to purr after everything she says. Or maybe they yeah, yeah, yeah. here's what it is, Bob. Maybe they watched it in that first episode and realized how stupid it was and told her not to do it the next time. Yeah, let's give him a little credit. It's not yeah, a mistake. Let, it's an artistic let's go, choice. As we continue watching, let's see if she still does it. If she does, okay, then we'll we know try, we'll try to remember. It's, it's unfortunate that we're saying this right before we cover our last two Filmation Trek episodes for the year, but yeah. we'll, we'll try to remember. <laughs> well, she hasn't spoke much since, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, in the same spirit of Mares falling for Scotty, I was also hoping that Eric's would fall for Sulu, but alas, that does not happen. Matt, on, down on the planet, we have uh, Chapel, Spock, Kirk, and Mud. And we also have some rock dragons, but they're camouflage rock dragons. Did that camouflage work on you? No, Bob, I really was not fooled. But uh, you know, these are those amazing creatures they couldn't do in live action. So yeah, they they they're not doing camo rock dragons in uh, '60s uh, television Star Trek. No way, no way. And 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 when and when they're running from <laughs> the rock dragons, they don't actually put any details on the little figures. It's just little black like shadow people running across the screen. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, that, that's that's because animation, like radio, is the theater of the mind. <laughs> You have, you, visual medium is a theater you get, you get to fill in the details and it's so much more satisfying that way yeah i imagine them both in speedos running it's pretty funny oh man so did you like uh, mccoy's uh, influence under the uh, love potion map yeah he his flex is like to say that he saved everyone's life at some point he just kept on <laughs> like every character he's ever helped yeah, yeah, which was great. Actually, that's something like McCoy not under the love potion should occasionally pull out and play on people. It's pretty Yeah, great. like all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd also forgotten about the meme of Kirk and Spock bro-hugging, but that uh, is from this uh, episode, I think, after they get over the love potion. So, you know, one of the main things we can do for you in our coverage of Filmation Star Trek is to do, is to do meme watch. Yeah, we need to, get them, we need to make sure we, I can identify where these memes took place. So that we can record their history, Bob. I, I agree. We need to have yeah, we documented. Are, we, are, we, we are historians of meme, Matt. That's what we yes. do. We'll be doing it with the Bible next week. 
There already are several um, ner- nerds read Bible podcasts. I don't think we need to join mm. that in a genre. Another little love potion gag I did love. So, you know, we have the love potion working on Kirk and Spock, on McCoy and a nurse, on Scotty and Mares. But we also have uh, Transporter Chief Kyle and some random chick just dancing to jazz in the transporter room. I thought that was pretty funny. I wonder, like, that's probably like, the most action Kyle's gotten in a while. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I mean, that's that's more action than he got on the original series. Yeah. I mean, he usually he's just operating the transporter here. He gets to, he's got a girlfriend. He's dancing. Yeah, he he's likes got, jazz he's, music. Apparently, he's he's, cut, he's <laughs> cutting some carpet in the transporter room. It's this great. <laughs> Bob, this 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 cartoon is just fleshing out all these characters. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you know what? Contrary to Locarno from the prior episode, Matt, that uh, that wood paneling, that carpet, that signals love. I grew up in a house like that, Bob. There was a oh, lot know, of love. I know, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Uh, that that wasn't the type of love I was talking about, Matt. <laughs> Moving on. So. We get a great uh, we get a great Spock line uh, from this episode, uh, which is, you know, he's up and down on his emotions from the drug, from the love potion, and so he he angrily yells at Kirk. That's an outstandingly stupid idea. I'm sorry, the drug. I wonder if I could try that at work. Sorry, I'm on this medication. It just makes me say what I want. <laughs> yeah. Just just let me let me be. Just let me say it. I'm good. Yeah. Speaking about saying things in inappropriate times and places, uh, you gotta love 70s children's animation, Matt, where, like, Scotty and Mares can bitch about their hangovers and bitch about waking up next to someone they don't like. <laughs> Man, this is awesome. These kids are, are not going to know the feeling, but we adults, we know the feeling, don't we, people? All these kids that watched the Star Trek cartoon turned out fine, too, Bob, so... And they also mentioned rehab for mud, which, I mean, I know it's not the rehab that I'm thinking, but it's, you know... They didn't call it like prison or. So jail. it's funny because you you just put this in the in the notes and rehab. And yeah. I was like, to, was to there? Stuff. No, 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 no. But I was I, I I'd forgotten the reference to sending mud to rehab, and so I was like, wait, did like Scotty and Mares also make like drug rehab references when they came up when they came down from their love potion high? Oh, I Scotty mentioned like scotch specifically, which to yeah, today's yeah. world would get you like a a, a TVMA rating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, mud mud goes to rehab, right? Because it's the it's the Federation, it's Utopia. They Yeah, they don't they don't yeah, have prisons. Pr- they have prisons rehab. are much more limited. Yeah. So Matt, okay. were you impressed by Kirk's tumbling game as he tried to elude the the camo rock dragons? So I just wanted to know if like legit William Shatner had ever done that in the old schools in in the actual tumbling like that. I don't think so, but I, I, I could be corrected on that. It was a full forward like roll. Yeah, yeah. The only you, thing you, I remember, my favorite move that we, we need to do this, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you come up with it yours for next week. But my favorite move I've ever seen Captain Kirk do was in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, when he literally does like a Pele kick to uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd's. Oh, Christopher Lloyd, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of Matt, do you know who uh, who breaks up? Uh, Sam and Diane uh, for the first time on Cheers. It's got to be Christopher Lloyd. It is Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> which is wild. Is it his character from Taxi? <laughs> Sadly, no. He uh, he's playing an artist that um, that hates Sam and that Diane really loves his art. And the best one liner is at one point he uh, he's like he tells Diane it's like all right this isn't working let's just go sleep together and she's like Do you want to have sex and he's like. No, I curl up with a different blonde woman every afternoon for a nap. And then she's like, <laughs> then he's like, but I wanted to keep our relationship professional. To which she replies, that's fine. You can pay me after. Okay, quick question. When did Cheers actually air? 
Uh, I think it started in like 83 and then I think it went for 11 years. Maybe it even started in 82, but I think it went to a, like 11 years. So that would be like to the early 90s. Okay. So this is probably, this is definitely post taxi, but probably before. It's post taxi. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Well before Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Also before Clue and Back to the Future and even Star Trek 3. Oh, okay, so wow, so he was just kind of pretty new. Well, he knew, they knew him for Taxi, but other than that. Yeah, it started in 82, and it ended in 93, and Christopher Lloyd is showing up in the season two finale, so that would put it, what, in, um, that would put it in spring of 84. Oh, okay. Yeah, so before Back to the Future. He's probably filming Back to the Future, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think they got him just before he broke out, and... Weirdly enough, I haven't actually watched any of the any of the Kelsey Grammer, Fraser Crane episodes of Cheers yet, but I think they kind of brought him on because they wanted to have because he he starts showing up in season three, and I think they wanted to have that kind of same energy of like older, more intellectual, more effete guy that Diane is kind of torn between him and Sam. Oh, okay, yeah. I always wonder when I always for some reason I always was in the impression Kelsey Grammer was on it from the beginning, but you're but yeah he wasn't. And Kirstie Alley also, wasn't either. She didn't come in until, like, what, the third season, too? Oh, no, much later. I think, oh, damn. Di- I think Diane is around, I, I don't know exactly when she leaves, but Diane is around for maybe, like, four, somewhere between four and six seasons. And then Kirstie Alley is her replacement. Okay. And then, yeah, I again, I haven't watched any of season three yet, but Kelsey Grammer, I don't think, is a regular in season three. I don't think he becomes, like, a main cast member until, like, season four or five. And that's probably when they introduced, like, his wife and stuff, right? Lily? Uh, I'm not sure when she... Because, like, in the... I, I watched the first part of the season three premiere, and, like, Frasier and Frasier and Diane are dating. Oh, okay. So it's like... Yeah. yeah. Which is a little weird, because at one point they they talk about, like, him being her shrink, but at, a, but at a later point it's like, no, he's just another shrink at the mental institution that Diane went to after she, after she and Sam broke up. Oh, I mean, she could be dating or shrink. Who knows? That's not that uncommon. Well, well, it, no, it's very, it's very common for, to for feel bad romantic. It's very no. Well, it's very common. Like it's a normal part of therapy to feel romantic attraction to your therapist. Like that means it's working. Yeah. But it's very bad for the therapist to actually act on that. That's very <laughs> bad. But no, it's perfectly yeah, it's perfectly normal for someone in therapy to. It's called transference to start uh you know feeling extreme negative or extreme positive emotions about the therapist that's very yeah because you're you're opening up to them about stuff you probably never talked to anybody about before yeah yeah and you're also to some extent like you're transferring emotions from other areas into your life onto the therapist well that makes sense so we so so fans we've covered a whole lot of different tv shows that you probably need to go watch we got twin peaks cheers (laughs) babylon 5 yeah yeah star trek lower decks star trek the animated series don't ever yeah. complain you have nothing to watch because there's plenty Up, on TV. Upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. So who was, to, to round it all back up, for Filmation Star Trek, who was your character of the week for Mud's Passion? Well, I'm just going to give it to Mud because it was good to see him again. And it made me nostalgic for that uh, point, the other point-and-click adventure game, the Star Trek one from, was it the 30th anniversary? Oh, yeah, 25th. 25th, 25th yeah, the 25th anniversary Star yeah, Trek don't, game. Yeah, don't be, don't be fronting like we're not old as hell, Matt. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, but he's in that as well, which, you know, it was, it was always a fun little story. 
Yeah, yeah. Always good to see uh, Harry Mudd, even when he's doing hashtag problematic things. Um, I'll give it to Eric's for this one because he's playing the loot on the bridge while he's under the love potion, which is not as funny as him macking on Sulu, but still pretty good. And he also keeps his wits about him enough to worry about what uh, Spock and Kirk are up to down on the planet. So, Bob, before we wrap this episode up, continuity-wise, I know that these episodes don't fit into the actual continuity, but yeah, they this do. episode yeah, they would do. be an interesting way to fit it yeah, in. They do. What, what are you talking about they don't fit? No, they, they only they usually only, I mean, as far as ca- being canonical goes, only They're certain canon. episodes, right? No, all of them. What? Yeah. You specifically told me that the, the only episode that no, actually no, no, was no, canonical no. Like, was that Spock so episode when, where he when Rodden, meets himself. No, no, when Roddenberry and like his immediate successors, they didn't want to treat the show as canon. And so the only one they treated as canon was the yesteryear episode, the Spock's backstory. Yes. But those people don't run the thing anymore. And based on uh, characters who've come into Lower Decks, and I think a couple of other plot points, although I, I can't immediately recollect what they were, but even just based on like character designs in Lower Decks, no, the whole show's canon. Okay, good. Well, that, that makes us better because now this legit fits in pretty well with Star Trek Strange New Worlds between Chapel and Spock. Yeah, yeah. If you treat it like that, like you like they had that relationship yeah. in Strange New Worlds, and now this happens, yeah, it's almost like Spock still has unrequited love for Chapel. <laughs> yeah, no, it works very, it works very well. I mean, Brilliant. we basically did see this in the season two finale of Spock declaring his love for Christine on the bridge, right? With a flat, flat reaction of the bridge crew. <laughs> it's so yeah. That's what's awesome about this. It's like I mean, as cheesy as this cartoon could be, it actually fits pretty well yeah, in, in yeah. the in the continuity yeah no totally like yeah like the orion ship design we're gonna see that's totally that's totally only from this that never showed up anywhere else but it did show up in lower decks yeah yeah that's what i mean so it's canon now awesome all right right, matt well thanks for listening everybody uh join us for we're gonna do one more episode about filmation star trek uh to kind of keep our numbers even so we'll do we'll cover episodes 11 and 12 and we're also going to do a recap episode of lower deck season four we'll be back next year of course hopefully it's next year we'll be back next year hopefully with a lower deck season five coverage and we will wrap up our coverage of the last 10 episodes of filmation star trek as well as ever thanks for listening to uncanny treks i am bob in cascadia that's matt in the southland have a great night everybody thanks for listening